T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Time now for the WEEI Producers Show on WEEI. WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. WEEI producer show right here on Boston Sports Original. It is a bright and beautiful morning out. Uh, thank you for joining us today. I am Chris Scheim, joined as always by uh, John Anderson. No Ryan Garvin today, so just me and John, two-man weave. John, how was your Thanksgiving, bud? Uh, it was excellent. Brighton in Brighton. Bright day in Brighton, Scheim. Oh, uh, Thanksgiving was good, though. Made, uh, made the rounds. Went to three different destinations just on Thanksgiving alone. Did you sit I- in as much traffic as I did? Uh, yes, I did. It and let's just say the let's just say the brakes work on the car. Good, it is confirmed. It is confirmed that the that the brakes work. Uh, there's this little area just south of Boston known as the Braintree Split. That on days like that, it took me make me want to blow my brains out. It took me an hour to get through the split and get to Rockland. Oh God, Rockland's not even Ro- far Rockland's down. Not even three. Re- Rockland's not even a real place either. Yeah, exactly. It's just an imaginary land. Has anybody ever actually been to Rockland before? It's like Rockland and Abington. It's like I'm not even I'm not even sure they're no, real. No, no, no. They're just parts of Brockton that somehow got their own name. Yeah, no, no one's ever stepped in them and come back to tell the story. Exactly. I didn't actually grow up there. It's just a facade. Nope. nope. That's like the one that's like the one about how Finland isn't a real country. <laughs> um, we can dive into that another time. But yeah, that's that, a separate episode. That's a that's a different uh, that's a conspiracy theory episode of of the WEI producer show. But uh yeah, Thanksgiving was good. It's a wonderful day out. I ate way too much turkey. I gotta be honest. Way too much turkey and way too much meat stuffing. You're, so you're not. You're not. Your you're not meat stuffing. You're family? not. Uh, no, no, they are. Oh, you don't make sausage stuffing. Okay. Uh, no, I don't believe so. But you're so you're not a multiple destinations on Thanksgiving Day guy. You just have multiple celebrations on different days. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah, so my father does Thanksgiving the week before. Okay. Uh, because uh, as, as you as you are well aware of, we come from broken households, broken so, family. Yep, broken families. So <laughs> I uh, I celebrate with my father the week before Thanksgiving, uh, and then my mother on Thanksgiving, and then we had to go back to my house, and then uh, my girlfriend's family came over uh, Thanksgiving night for uh, some you know some 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 snacks and some drinks and dessert. whatnot. Yeah, dessert. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I time it perfectly between the multiple destinations that. Uh, turkey's hitting plate when I roll up to the first one. Bingo. And then I time the second one so that it's like just after everyone's finished eating, but I get to, I get first dibs at the scraps. Hell yeah. So I get all those and then I go and then I go to for dessert to the third place. So um yeah, there's there's no shortage of uh no shortage of Thanksgiving food flowing through flowing through my veins on that day. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, happy Thanksgiving to anyone uh listening 
and I, I hope you had a wonderful time with your family, your loved ones, your friends, whoever you may celebrate with. Uh, because over the last couple of days, we've a lot got to celebrate a, about. Yeah, we've got. I mean, a lot yesterday, to celebrate. yesterday we got two wins in the same building on the same day from the Bruins in overtime, and then the Celtics absolutely dominating the Kings. We got a draw from the Middle East. We got a draw. Out that was in the good. Middle East from the U.S. That was not, a nice one. We're not losing to England, John. It's a nice we're undefeated draw. against England in the World Cup. It's going to stay that way for now. Undefeated uh, against England in wars. Unfortunately. USA. <laughs> since 1776. Where's my star-spangled banner, Nick? <laughs> uh, unfortunately. Oh, sorry. We didn't, do, we didn't do the Pledge of Allegiance before the show started. <laughs> Are we supposed to play the national anthem, too? Uh, you got to take your hat off. Um, Unfortunately, however, the Patriots could not add to that uh, way of winning this weekend uh, as they lost to the Vikings on Thanksgiving night, 33-26. to uh, It was a lot of fun, though. The game in general was kind of back and forth. It was a great game. But unfortunately, the Patriots just fell short. They were 0-3 in the red zone. Mac Jones came out and threw for 382 yards, two touchdowns. They didn't turn the ball over once. Uh, John, when you look at this game, what to you was the the biggest reason why the Patriots lost? Well, I when, when answering questions like this, I typically go with things that happened later in the game because as yep. long as, you know, that's just how time works. The thing that happened closer to the Weighted end of the game. Importance. Yeah, I, I suppose there's, there's a butterfly effect of the Hunter-Henry play. There's something that could have happened earlier. Uh, you know, players not running into each other on the Jefferson touchdown. That could, like, whatever. That, that was earlier in the game. You get to later in the game and the bottom line is you had one moron running in on a punt return who ran directly into the punter. And uh, and then Miles Bryant just didn't even have to hit Adam Thielen, and he did. And those those two plays that it was boneheaded mistakes on defense and special teams, boneheaded mistakes as far as penalties go. In in my opinion, that is if I were to pick one, we're big boys in this program. We know it's never just one thing. It's, Correct. It's there are a lot of different factors that uh, contribute to a win. Pie, guys contribute to a win and a loss, but. The boneheadedness of the, uh, which for a Belichick team was pretty shocking to see. Yeah. That, when was the last? Like I can't think of. I can't think of the last time that a Belichick team lost a game just because of stupid penalties. Yeah, like you look at you look at back in into like the uh, AFC Championship game. What was that? Twenty eighteen. Yeah. Where it's just D four just lines up off sides. Like it, it just stupid boneheaded mistakes like that aren't normally a characteristic of Bill Belichick teams. And yet this season between penalties and running into the kicker and and silly uh, hits on defenseless receivers, you're just getting bad bad flags and. Making making bad, bad mistakes throughout the course of the season. And you've seen that a lot this year. Is that primarily because Belichick is just not able to coach those finer things right now because he's too worried about so many other things? Or is it because the offensive coaching is bad, the defensive, like the the, the specialists there, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, uh, Steve Belichick, Gerard Mayo, are they doing a bad job? Where is all of this? I don't know. It's not, it, it's not as, it's not pervasive enough of an issue throughout the entire season for me to think that there's some larger issue that, that is not being, uh, you know, that it's not being taught the way it was in previous years, but it's, it, it just sucks to see it in one game and have it, an L go in the loss column because sure. of that when usually for the last uh, 20 or so years, there have been, you know, the Patriots steal wins because other teams commit penalties and they don't. And especially, you know, to see it on a primetime stage, the opposite happen is just it w- was fairly jarring. Um, but I don't. I don't know. It's 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 hard to pinpoint that without being in the building, obviously. And I know we're you know sports talk radio, but it's <laughs> yeah. I, I I can't. We don't know exactly what he is and is not doing down there. Is, yeah. is sort of the That's point. The and like thing. I'd love to say I'd love to I'd love to pin this on Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Obviously. Oh, of course. <laughs> but, We'd always love to. You know, it, it, 
in year in you know the Bill O'Brien the early Bill O'Brien years and other years where maybe there were similar questions about the coaching staff, it it never turned into a big issue. It just did for one game, and that is how they lost the game. And that is how the cookie crumbles. Yeah, for me, cookie. For me, I think the boneheaded mistakes were definitely a factor. But overall, I, I didn't love how the defense looked, uh, especially the secondary in particular. I understand Jeff, Justin Jefferson is a top three receiver in football, but the last few weeks we've been talking about this defense like they are elite, like they are at the top of the league. They were number one according to PFF and DVOA and all these things. And then you go out against the Vikings, primetime Kirk Cousins on a Thursday night. He throws just shy of 300 Double yards, up. three touchdowns, and Justin Jefferson absolutely eats your lunch uh, going nine for 139 and a touchdown. It's almost, it's almost a win. It's almost a win against Jefferson. Is it though? Because like I was, I thought Belichick was always thirty the, less I'm yards take and the no, best thing and no you do touchdown. Away from you. If he just went for a hundred with no touchdown, I'd be like, good. There you go. <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> so it's it's weird because I felt like Jefferson was unstoppable, and then even Adam Thielen had nine catches in the yeah. game. Every time Thielen was targeted, it felt like he was wide open. But don't you think? Do, do you think your perception of that would be much different if it weren't for literally just the two plays I mentioned? Because they make the stop, and then it's 4th and 15, and the Vikings punt the ball away. And, you know, maybe the Patriots' offense stalls there like it did anyway uh, in the, 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 their last three possessions that they had. And then the Miles Bryant play was also on third down, and that's another stop. And it's like you're, you view that game so differently if those two stops were made. Even if the Patriots lose the game, although I think it was tied at that point, was it twenty six twenty six at that point? So that maybe okay. maybe they maybe they go to overtime and lose, but it just looks a little better because there's you know there's a couple less a couple less a uh, couple less points on the board on the Viking side, and then it just comes down to. Uh, you know, it just comes down to the offense not being able to execute, rather than those two drives happening. Were those now? Correct me if I'm wrong. Those were on. Were those on the same drive? The uh, the blocked punt and then the Miles Bryant play. I think it was like 30 yards up the field. The Miles Bryant uh, play happened. But yes. regardless, I, I like. I yeah, think- so the Miles Bryant play happened on the field goal for uh, Minnesota that would tie the game. Okay. Uh, and then I believe the running into the kicker was after that. Okay. That was on the drive that allowed them to uh, score the go-ahead touchdown. Okay. So without, I mean, without those, I just think you view it, you view it a little differently. But you're right about the whole aspect of, uh, especially like, you go back, you go back some uh, previous years. I, I guess I would include last year, but 2019 was the big example where the Patriots had this incredible defense. But then once they started playing actual teams, it just it showed that the defense just actually was it was good, but it was yeah. just fine. Uh, I think you're going to get a little of that here down the stretch. I don't think it's going to be as drastic as yeah, because I think as it Matt, was that Matt Judon uh, that is season. still an, like an All Pro candidate. Right. He is a, a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, uh, unless he disappears like he did last season. Unfortunately, I, I think overall this defense is still going to be pretty good. Like uh, what, the hallmark of the defense is the pass rush. Elite, going into this game against the Vikings, they were first in the league in pressure rate when Dietrich Wise and Matt Judon were on the field together. Second, And then second place was the Cowboys. Oh, Dietrich Wise is sneaky like a man. He's been really good, and, he, and he's very good for that locker room, too. I know he's a captain. He has been uh, an excellent, like, ve- I mean, it's hard to say he's a veteran because it doesn't feel like he's been around for a while, but he has, and, and he is a veteran on this team. Um, and so that, the hallmark of this defense has been the pass rush. And unfortunately, last night, in a game where you they didn't have Christian Darrisaw, their all-pro left tackle, you didn't get a ton of pressure. You only sacked Kirk Cousins once. I, I, to me, so it's the, like, the line play was so odd. It was like the Patriots didn't get as much pressure as they normally do, and it was against a O line that really only has one stud player who, like you said, didn't even play in the game. And then the Patriots' O line, with all of their backups playing, 
was, which at this point is like their starters at this point with the way uh, the injuries <laughs> have gone, how bad the starters have been, actually was pretty good up until it mattered. Yep. Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of that, I know exactly why. what I'm going to blame on this game. Okay. Uh, Trent Brown totally whiffing Mac on Jones. cut block. No, no, no. Trent oh, Brown yeah, totally whiffing on a cut block on third down that then resulted on a Mac Jones Why is sack? Trent Brown doing cut blocks? I don't know. And it wasn't Trent Brown a screen. is the largest man in the world. Here's why the is he doing cut blocks? Nobody knew the play going into it. What? But how are people not knowing the play? This well, is I mean, an NFL outfit. P. Oh my god, it's so oh, dumb. I can, I'll play. Yeah, we can play Patricia for that. Like, unless it's a screen, <laughs> unless it's a screen, he should not be. He should not be cut blocking there. He's just too large. It's like just just block him normally. It's not a toss to the opposite side. Him. It's not a screen. Yeah, just block him normally. It's not that hard. You're it's Trent. Your you're on a seven step drop. You're Trent oh, Brown. God, it's Trent Brown. The stupidity I have seen from this offensive line sometimes. And I think, uh, again, uh, it, th- finally I can blame something on Matt Patricia. Yeah. Uh, it, this offensive line has All been so bad. All roads lead to one place. <laughs> Amen. Uh, as I have famously said on the midday show many times ago, uh, Matt Patricia is, in fact, a boob. And we saw a lot of that in this game. I think Mac Jones actually succeeded in spite of Mac Patricia, Matt Patricia. I think Matt Patricia's a boob. Thank you, Nick. Uh, it's... It's this weird thing where the offensive line has, was good in the game, but overall kind of stinks still. And Mac Jones lit it up. You know me, massive Mac Jones hater. Uh, I can't hate on him for the way he played on Thursday night. Good. Honestly, I thought I was walking in here knives out. I figured you were going to find someone. You were to rip ready him. to go on the defensive. I figured you. I wasn't ready to go on the defensive, but it was. I was ready to just be to look you in the eye and be like, Sean, stop. Yeah, and uh, Stop. I, I understand. Uh, normally, I would. Normally, I would Cut find something. I thought in the entirety of the game, in my opinion, he made like one and a half mistakes, and the positives far outweighed the mistakes to the point where I would, I would, I wouldn't put anything on him. Like to me, that might have been Mac Jones's best game in the NFL. Uh, and, and some of those in that last drive. First off, do you consider that a drop by Nelson Aguilar? I know it's a hard catch, but I feel like every receiver that is just a step above Nelson Aguilar in talent makes that catch. So I, I would consider it, consider it a drop for two reasons. One, Nelson Aguilar, if you watch the— uh, He stopped the, running. Yes. The all he the, he of it, was, he, he stops was, running yeah. at the top of his route, first of all. Secondly, he doesn't flatten out the route. Instead, he just continues to drift towards the end zone instead of flattening out and going to the sideline. He flattens that route out and goes to the sideline. Mac Jones completes a fourth and 16, gets down to the two-yard line, and puts you in position to, to, to win the football game. Like, that was tough for me. I, I also didn't necessarily love the fourth and 16, let's go for it call, um, knowing you were probably not going to convert a fourth and 16. The odds of that are just not high. I would have tried to punt and pin them inside the five. Um, and giving yourself a chance to get the ball back with a minute left, which you did. By the way, you got them to go three and out after not converting that fourth down, and then you'd get the ball back. Instead of inside your own 10, you would have gotten it back probably between the 50 and the 40, which at least gives Mac Jones a chance of getting you the touchdown that you needed uh, in the final minute of the game. But overall, unfortunately, Patriots couldn't come away with a win. 33-26 was the final for Minnesota in Minnesota. Bill Belichick still looking for a win in uh, in that stadium has not it's one of the two stadiums in the NFL right now that he doesn't have a win in the other being Allegiant Stadium the one out in Vegas uh, which I believe he will have an opportunity to do later in the season uh, six one seven like two weeks away right 
Is that two weeks away? I thought it was more or, middle of December. Uh, two or three, I think, because they have four primetime games in a row, right? December 18th. December 18th. Yeah, so go. they've got, they had, uh, they had obviously the other night against uh, the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Next week is Thursday night against the Bills, and I believe it's a Monday night a game Monday against night the Cardinals, Cardinals right? and then a Sunday night in Vegas. Which could probably be flexed, would be my guess. It could be, but I would think that they would have done it by now mm-hmm. if that were the case. Fair enough. 617-779-7937 is the number, 37937 if you want to text into the show. You can also reach out to either me or John on the Twitters. Uh, John's going to get you caught up with trending, and then we're going to get into uh, some more Mac Jones discussion because for once in my life, I'm not going to hate on Mac Jones. Ooh. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. WEEI. We are right back to the WEEI Producers Show. Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to the WEEI Producers Show here on Boston Sports Original. Chris Scheim, John Anderson with you, taking you up till 9 o'clock. That's where Ken and Curtis will take over for the uh, early, late morning, early afternoon. What was that's, that? like, that's like when, you're, uh, you know, when your dad would be the youth coach and then uh, you'd get to start, start at pitcher because your dad was the coach. <laughs> uh, the good old days, you know. Uh, anyways. Is that the only way you got on the field? <laughs> Pitch looking fine today? No, my dad didn't coach me. I wasn't I wasn't cool enough to have my dad coach me. <laughs> uh, my dad coached my brothers, not me. Uh, anyways, so the Patriots lost to the Vikings on Thanksgiving night, <laughs> Thursday night, uh, 33-26. As I mentioned, John, Mac Jones was you're gonna not say, responsible. You're going to say kind things? Yes, was not go. responsible in any way, shape, or form for the loss. Uh, Mac Jones, that was, in my opinion... The best game Mac Jones has played in his young NFL career. Mm-hmm. I thought that throw to uh, Nelson Aguilar on the first drive, first of all, well-scripted first drive. I don't know if that was Matty P or if that was Bill Belichick. I feel like Belichick had a hand in that. Um, great script to the opening drive. And that throw to Aguilar, one of Mac's best throws. It was – it immediately I said, oh, 
maybe Mac can make some of these uh, frozen rope throws down the middle of the field, kind of like Josh Allen did earlier in the day to Stephon Diggs to set up the game-winning field goal. So, overall, I mean, 382 yards, two touchdowns immediately on 28 of 39 passing. It tells you, for anybody who didn't watch the game, oh, this kid probably had a pretty good game. And then when you actually go and watch it, and see the way he was making those throws, where he was making those throws. John, the beauty of NFL Next Gen Stats, they chart the throws. Did I just hear something under the table, Sean? Uh You, you might have heard something move. This is Mac Jones' chart. best spray chart ever. Wow. This is a... It, 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 between where he's looking, where his eyes are, and, and where he ends up completing the passes... This is this is what you want to see out of a young quarterback. This the, if you showed me this spray chart, you showed me that tape, I'd be like, yeah, no crap, that guy was taking top fifteen. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that needs to be replicated. And just kiss. The, the thing is, I I think had if all the hullabaloo hadn't gone on around Mac Jones, like I said, we can talk. We are adults on this program, of course. We do not speak about the quarterback position in a vacuum. There no, are many aspects on every team that leads to whether the quarterback performs well or not, produces or not. If things had just been normal for Mac Jones this season, I'm not saying I'm not saying McDaniel stays. I'm just saying just get someone, just get someone in decent O line play. I, I believe he can play like that every week. There's no reason why he shouldn't have that game every week. Yeah, I mean, to, to ask this much of him every single week, I think would be, first of all, a ridiculous ask. But I, to, to he shouldn't. this shouldn't be the only time he, if he is this good, in my opinion, this shouldn't be the only time he has touched the sun in this way. Like, the end of last season wasn't great for me. Every game leading up to this one, in my opinion, was not good. Was actually oh no 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 I, I I completely agree with that. And so in in a situation like you know if if he is able to replicate even a semblance of this performance multiple times throughout the rest of the season against more difficult opponents, maybe may, well, yeah, no, maybe I'll start no... to waver a little bit. But I, I, as of right now, it's like. You need there needs to be replication of this. It can't just be a one off. Right, but there's there's no reason, you know, the reasons why it isn't going to be replicated every week isn't Mac Jones. And that is going to be when he doesn't replicate it, that's what it's going to be. It's well, I mean be, it can be Mac Jones because for a large stretch of it, uh, some of some of the criticisms I've had of him were a lot of turnover worthy plays. No, I understand that. But that why, are, why are turnover worthy plays happening though? Why is he even in the situation to have to uh, commit a turnover-worthy play. Sure, but when you even when you look at the end of last season when he was committing a lot of turnovers, the situation was better. He had McDaniel's. The offensive well, yeah, I know line that, was playing it's, better. It's his rookie season. That's why I'm just like you know he's developing. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Sure. But I it's I'm past the end of last season. Okay. All right. Well, you know I'm trying to use the uh, Greg always throws at me that he has the uh, had one of the best rookie seasons ever, uh, and so. It, it's, Noted analyst of sports, Greg Hill. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's hanging out on Nantucket, definitely listening to this program. Um, it, it's hard for me to, at least for right now, not check this off as a one-off. What I saw from Mac Jones was excellent Thursday night. If that continues, maybe we've got something. But until then, and, and so I, I have this uh, working theory I want to run by you. Okay. Scientific method. I love love Damian Harris. I do. But the Patriots offense is just better when it's only Ramondre Stevenson. Because 
it allows Mac Jones the uh, security blanket that, and, and I'm not comparing Ramondre to CMC. That's not what I'm doing here, but I'm saying it allows. Oh, any, Mac any anything can that, happen. It doesn't tip off the defense exactly. as to what's happening so when, you he, when could, he's on the field. You can yeah. run. It's a swing left. It's a screen. It's it's a leak out of the backfield. He could run a wheel route. Like there's so many different options for him. And, and I think if you had a more creative offense coordinator, you could move Ramondre around similar to what they're doing right now with CMC in San Francisco, right? Where it's like, okay, we're going to start this formation where CMC is lined up in the backfield. We're going to go in motion. Debo's now in the backfield. CMC's in the slot. He's lined up on a linebacker. And Jimmy G knows immediately, I have an advantage with CMC on a linebacker. That same advantage would then apply to Ramondre Stevenson. The guy had nine catches in this game for 76 yards. And Ramondre... When it looks like he's going to get tackled, the guy gets four yards. He is a, a, a remarkable, remarkable football player. And so the fact that he is just on the field for three downs, in my opinion, benefits Mac Jones to a degree that I don't think people are recognizing enough. Uh, uh, and luckily for you, you know, we don't root for injuries here. Nope, However, I don't. Uh, like the case was for a couple weeks there, they may not have a choice but to have Ramondre Stevenson on the on the field for every play. And Pierre Strong's not going to touch the offensive field after running into the kicker. Yes. So. That's good news for uh, Mac Jones because it's... it's that was just... truly one of the dumbest plays I've ever seen. <laughs> he didn't even come close to blocking that. No, he was, he was a good five steps off when the yeah. ball was punted. And then just lost balance and went down directly. And then he was the mad they leg. called it on him. Like, you ran into his leg. Like, what do you mean? What, you well, ran yeah. directly into him. Just, I don't know, dive out of the way, fall down, do something. You boo. Or, or recognize that you didn't get as good of a jump off the line that you think you did and just take the L and stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you want to know what? Marcus Jones has been electric. If you just allow him to maybe get a punt return, maybe he's going to take it back to the house. Mm-hmm. Just don't be stupid. It's not that hard. <sighs> uh, now, one of the other things I wanted to bring up to you, and this is, it was a topic of discussion yesterday. Uh, I know at least on the Greg Hill Show, I, I'm sure Hart and Gresh touched on it. Arkan and Lou touched on it as well, but did you? How upset were you with the officiating in Thursday night's game? Because we taught you mentioned the Hunter Henry non. Well, the, the Hunter Henry thing is almost a separate conversation because that is that is so completely sure. asinine that they cited a rule that hasn't existed for four years as yep. to why that play was incomplete. And yep. then you look at it, and the rule that they're citing, even if that rule was still a rule, probably still should have been a complete pass. Yep. So that like that's completely insane on its own. Other than that. I do think there were a couple of make goods on uh, in the Patriots' favor after the fact, and you know we could go down we can go down the rabbit hole of the you know there's holding on every play and you know if they were calling every single yeah, the hold- penalty like the, the holding call that people are upset about on the kick return for the touchdown. I again I don't I you're, I'm with you I'm not a I'm not gonna I holding flags I'm not unless you are dragging a guy to the ground I am not gonna bitch about a, a holding call that's just. There's hold, mm-hmm. As you said, there's holding on every play. It's more so like the missed face mask on Mac Jones. I yeah. know it was a big deal. Like that's a tough one. Um, people were upset that because Matt, uh, Miles Bryant got a, a hit on the defenseless receiver penalty. Uh, I, I don't know could, which that, I Minnesota thought that, I thought that was. I thought that was kind of a soft call against Miles Bryant. Yeah, but he hit him in the head, I also, so it I mean, sense. I can see why they call it, but I also don't think that it was. It's one of those things where it's like, all right, if, if Adam Thielen's body stayed completely still and Miles Bryant made contact with where he obviously was intending to, and which was not the head, it's like 
you know, Thielen starts moving down as Miles Bryant's going in, and it's like, all right, he didn't, he wasn't, it's not like he was headhunting. Yeah. It's like it just happened, and then the receiver's the one who gets called for it. Yeah, but at least... Uh, or it, sorry, it, the uh, other way around. In my back. opinion, like, at least that's a relatively consistent call. Like, if that happens in any NFL game at yeah. any point in yeah. time, that's going to get flagged. And then people were upset because that was flagged. They didn't flag the Vikings for the hit on Aguilar, even though it's a completely different hit, and they hit him square in the back. Right. Uh, so it's... Ultimately, where where were your Patri- thoughts? Patri- on the well, pa- Patriots fans are brutal when it comes to discussing officiating, though, oh, yes. because 100%. you know they you know most Patriots fans act like every single call in the history it's of the NFL against the world, has Johnny. gone against the Patriots. Yeah, defend the wall like uh, Wakanda forever. <laughs> but it, you know, in reality, South Boston. In, in reality, multiple Super Bowls have hinged on the fact that the Patriots have gotten favorable officiating. Well, yeah, because uh, they had Tom Brady a, a quarterback. A, a very you know a very specific one in, that you mentioned earlier, 2018 uh, against the Chiefs are not even favorable, but also just like that they've been better coached to not take penalties, even if it's a bullcrap call. Even if it's a bullcrap call, they don't get called for the bullcrap calls as much because Bill Belichick puts them in a position. I I, I still love, I love the, I forget which Do Your Job documentary it is. I think it's Do Your Job 2. Those were the ones for like the, I think the 14, 16, 18 runs. They did like a documentary for each. And they were talking about in the uh, 2016, so that would be the Falcons Super uh, Super Bowl, they were talking about how they scouted the officiating staff, and they they knew that in the last however many games they called holding against the left tackle when uh, the the D end on that side just like basically made like just ripped up field as fast as he could off the line, and that was how they got the holding call against uh, is it Jake Matthews is that the against yes. the Falcons left tackle they got the holding call against Jake Math uh, Jake Matthews on that Falcons late drive where they I think there was a they got the holding call which pushed him back and then I think Dante Hightower sacked Matt sack. Ryan. In the in the documentary, Bill Belichick's talking about how they they scouted that that officiating staff and they basically just told Chris Long like you're not even rushing the passer in this play. You're literally just trying to get a holding call. Literally, just when it, when the gun fires, just go upfield as fast as possible, and he's gonna hold you. And he did. Um, so like Bill Belichick just does such a better job that, and I'm sure this goes on in other buildings. Like that, that's just the one documentary I've seen. I'm so you know I'm not watching the documentary about the the 2016 Browns to see if they were true. doing the same thing. Very I'm true. sure other teams like do this in some way, but uh, it, it stands out above. It stands up. One man stands above the pack as far as as far as that goes, and just knowing how you're going to take advantage of officiating st- of, of officials, uh, you know, the psychology of what they're more likely to call, what they're less likely to call. That's analytics, folks. Believe it or not, that's what it is. That That's part of it. That's the way it is. It. 100% it is. Preparation is one of the folks biggest... Folks roll their eyes at it. Yeah, but preparation is one of the biggest aspects of football. Yep. People don't realize how much work and, and effort and time goes into that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so coming off this loss... The Bills also win on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, they're the first team, by the way, to Tuck, win Tuck. back-to-back games in Ford Field since 2016, which is fun because they only play. Because the Lions play there. Yeah, exactly, every- <laughs> which is which is tremendous. That's a tremendous stat. Um, so you draw the Bills now on Thursday night. Uh, normally Thursday you get that, you know, extended, like short bye basically where you get mm-hmm. that week and a half break. This time you don't. You're going to play again on Thursday night against the Bills. What? Where do you think the Patriots will stack up in this game? Do you think it'll be similar to this uh, Minnesota game where it's kind of a fast track, teams are scoring, or do you expect it to be a little bit more low scoring, kind of a bit of a brawl, sluggish kind of game? And do you expect the Patriots to keep it close? I'm kind of expecting a similar game, to be honest. And if the Patriots play this the same way that they did and you just don't have two boneheaded plays, 
Like, I, I think there's a very good chance that they win that game against the Vikings. Now, the offense, like like I said earlier, the offense might have just been done for the night anyway there, and maybe mm-hmm. it didn't matter because by the time the ball got over there, you know, you had, you had a couple shots from uh, behind Mac Jones where you could see that there was just – there was no one open. There was nowhere for him to throw the ball, and he was just like, well – Okay, and then you know Trent, big Trent tries to go low and yada yada sack. Tough. Um, I I don't know. It's really tough to say because you know we all went to that or uh, you know put yourself to the side of on this shine. But I think we went to the wild card round last year thinking it would it would at least be within like ten or twenty, <laughs> and that was just that was just obviously not the case at all. I do think in this game, uh, I don't know what the weather is going to look like for Thursday, but uh, we could, I don't know if we could get just get another Belichick game that uh, keeps it close and steals a win. But the Bills are have been playing down to their to, to the level of their competition the last month. I don't know what's up with them, but they just. It's just not it, it, stuff isn't. I almost just swore in the air. Stuff isn't clicking anymore in uh in Buffalo like it was early in the season. And if as if they just if they literally play the same game against the Bills they did against the Vikings, I think they can keep it within three. Is there a spread yeah, out? on So it yeah, yeah. So there's not many places have a spread out currently, but there is a number out there. It is currently five and a half for the Bills. Okay, uh, which which is about the right number. Uh, it's gonna think- be cold and windy. Yeah, a little bit of wind. Uh, Curtis and Ken had asked me yesterday what I, what I would set the line at, and I said somewhere between five and a half and six and a half. And so they Vegas seems to agree um, that it's right around that five and a half. There's actually one location that has it at three and a half, which is really really odd. Um, but I think five and a half is a fair number. And right now, if you're asking me right this second, I'd probably take the points with the Patriots, specifically because. I, it's not even the the Josh Allen injury. Uh, it's more so that Josh Allen just in the red zone has not played as superhuman as he had previously. Yeah. He is he only has he has six interceptions in the red zone this year, which leads the NFL. Um, and so I, I think he is susceptible in those areas at this time. And, and I think the Patriots' run defense is good enough where they can't rely on James Cook and Devin Singletary like they did against the Browns. And so you're going to force Josh Allen to throw. The only the only difference is is well, the only similar thing to the Vikings, I should say, is that I don't know if you can stop Steph Diggs and Gabe Davis. Yeah, the, I do think the I think the Bills' receiving core is slightly, slightly overrated. I oh, think really? Ste- I think Steph Diggs can roll out of bed and have a hundred yards, but how hit or miss is Gabe Davis? And Isaiah sure. Isaiah, Davis Isaiah, is, Isaiah McKenzie has a, hasn't done crap all Gabe season. Gabe Davis is the healthy. Like the new healthy version of what Mike Williams used to be, yeah. where it's like he'll have a hundred yards or he'll have ten yards. Yeah, he's he's just so. I mean, he had. I think he he in PPR he had like six or seven points on uh, on Thursday night. Yeah, and I want to say it was four catches that, for yeah, like thirty nine yards. That's or that's the most that's the most middle of the road game I've ever seen him have. Usually it's usually it's a catch or two or it's he catches three seventy yard bombs for three touchdowns there's typically no in between with him now we've obviously seen the uh, Patriots defense let Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie have their way with them and in the Isaiah past. McKenzie has just just had his best game of the season against the Lions last mm-hmm. week he had and six catches Miles Bryant's lunch yeah he had six catches for 96 yards and a touchdown so that paired you with think the Miles way- Bryant and uh, Isaiah McKenzie had Thanksgiving dinner together he goes <laughs> over to it. he goes over to daddy's house <laughs> I am your daddy um it's it's this weird thing. I just 
I'm, I get nervous. I think this could be a three-point game where the Bills, again, drive down the field in the final minute, minute and a half of the game, kick a field goal, win the game. Or they Complete could just blow out. Could they could, yeah, they could just dominate you again 43 those to 14. Those are the only two possibilities. And they don't punt. And those are the, yeah. I, like we, don't, we don't even list the Patriots winning as a possibility. Well, I, so I think that they could win, it, it, you know, with the right kind of chaos. No, no turnovers and Josh Allen continues to turn the ball over. Yeah, maybe. There's a chance. Bills yeah, are banged up chaos. on defense. Bills are banged up on defense, too. Von Miller went down. It looked like he avoided. He will miss this game. Yeah. He avoided major injury, but well, he avoided a torn a torn ACL or MCL, but it might be bad enough that he's going to be out for a while. He'll at least miss this game for sure. And Greg Russo is he still out? Yeah, he's still banged up. To, uh, speaking of injuries, do you think David Andrews has a chance to start this game on Thursday, or do you think him being at practice last week was more just posturing? Hey, it's not as bad as it was. He's going to be out a little bit, but he'll be back eventually. I feel like it wouldn't it wouldn't be worth it to posture with any. Like it was one thing when they did the Mac Jones because that's the quarterback position, but the, the center. I don't know. Okay, maybe Belichick doesn't discriminate. And yeah. he'll just do it with anyone. But I don't really think he anyone... Does, he does like to be... I don't think, I don't, there wasn't as much of a media frenzy for David Andrews being at practice as there was uh, the week of the week leading into whatever game that was, the it Chicago game. It was weird game. he traveled, though. Like, inactive players don't usually travel. Yeah, yeah I, I, think, I, think he's, I think he's better than, we, than it was made out to be initially. Yeah, I think he has a chance. He's, he's a also, yeah, to David Andrews' credit, he's also tough as nails. Tough as so nails, yeah. Even if it's something he can play through, he probably will. 617-779-7937. We got one more segment to get through here on the producer show, and then Ken and Curtis will be up next. Now, we're right back to it. The WEEI Producers Show on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to the WEEI Producer Show here on Boston Sports Original. I'm Chris Scheim, joined by John Anderson. We've talked a lot of football today, so let's talk some hockey. Woo! Your Bruins. And football. Record football. setters. Do we say soccer? Do you say soccer in your house? Or is that I a say swear? soccer. No, no, no. We, we, the U.S. is going to eventually get to the point, John, where when they dominate soccer, it will just become soccer across the world. Okay. That's what it'll be. You think Every, so? Everyone, America it's not undefeated. It's football. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna colonialize the s out of that. Yeah, sport. it'll be Bundesliga soccer yeah. and not Bundesliga football. Okay, there was like a two minute commercial talking about if it's soccer or football. Was that the what was that the one that. with David Beckham and Peyton, Peyton Manning? Manning? Brutal, yeah. brutal, brutal, brutal commuter. It kept it going is. and going, and I was like, I was like, how much did this cost? Was that yeah, two was minute that, commercial? Was that like, like a Lay's commercial too? Yeah. We're just throwing, we're just throwing YouTube videos in during the commercials now. Well, I mean, oh, that's a good idea actually. To be fair. That's the one the, the best part about the World Cup. For those who haven't watched or don't care about soccer, you're going to find out right now. The best thing that the World Cup does, no commercials. 45 minutes straight of pure action, then a 20-minute halftime where they can squeeze some commercials in, and then 45 minutes straight of is action. That, is that how every game is? Yes. Wow. Every single soccer oh, game so is that, like that. Oh, so that'll never happen in America, though. No, but that's... If, that, if they tried to do that in America, it would be like, uh, you know, first off, there would be ads all over the field. They would, they, they, would, they, they would have... Uh, They'd have like the goalposts would have animated ads on them at one point of like soccer balls spinning around. Like no way our capitalistic society would just grab that thing by the balls and just like well, just eke every dollar out of it that they possibly well, can. Well, be ready for when the World Cup comes here in twenty twenty six. Oh, it's oh. 24 years. Four years away. Uh, it'll be right here in the U.S. I can guarantee you I will be at a couple games. Are they going to build an Olympic stadium over I-93 like they wanted to that <laughs> no. one time? No. <laughs> so the only thing they're going to have to do is they're going to find plenty. Of, there's plenty of stadiums that you can play at across the country. Um, but the thing they'll have to do is any field that is turf, 
They have to lay down grass. Gillette's going to have to put in grass. Correct. If Gillette wants to host a game, which the Crafts absolutely will want to host a a World Cup game, they're going to have to put down grass uh, because, uh, especially like English Premier Leagues, they only play on grass. They don't play on turf. Okay. Um, Which would be good. It was interesting having the, the... So I went to a bar to watch the Bruins and the World Cup. Bruins game started at one. Entire first period ends around when the uh, probably a couple minutes into the second period was when the World Cup game started. World Cup game ended with five minutes left in regulation. Of the yeah, Bruins game. It's beautiful. It la- it was it was just like that. Crazy. It was cool having them both on too because so half the people I was watching the Bruins more than I was the World Cup. But at one point, first off, there's a player on I don't know if it's on US or it was on uh, who are the, uh, England? on England whose name is like Zaka or Zaka. It's like very close uh, to Saka. Pa- yeah, yeah, Saka. It's, it's, it's one like, of the forwards for England. Yeah, it's yeah. like very close S-A-K-A, to Pablo Zaka, and they yep. kept. So the audio in the bar was obviously the World Cup. Yep. But then they kept saying something about soccer. And I'd look up at the Bruins game, like, how did Zaka <laughs> score? But then at one point, Taylor Hall took, as the U.S. had a uh, had a cross. Uh, am I, is, is my terminology correct there? Yep. A crosser. They cross it. A crosser. They cross it. Right as they did that, Taylor Hall also took the puck down towards the goal line. So oh, you had the hockey fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a corner kick. And so the hockey fans and the soccer fans just all like, w- like, were like oh, at the same time. Like you know, It would have been so perfect if they were just both teams scored at the exact same moment. Uh, but the Bru- Bruins, uh, Bruins second game in a row that they have not led for the entire, that they did not lead at any point in the game. Yeah. Obviously you- very different. This Bruins team, got though, blown out the first one is remarkable. They are so and they no are point, so fun to watch. They they are the I best. Love this team. I think they are the best product in town right now. Oh, for sure. They're just every game is enjoyable. It's exciting. Whether it's a five to one win or they're down to nothing, they come back and win three two in overtime. Every game they play is fun. It's even better when uh, you put a couple bucks on it. And uh, the parlay includes David Krejci needing to score a goal and David Pasternak needing to have an assist, and those happen on the same moment. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> and all. And you hit your nice. parlay going into the third period, and you order another round of drinks that you know are paid for. Absolutely, that is that's, the that is that is the even better way to do it. As, Not that as, we should, you know, you know, if you if you're someone who can't handle vices, maybe stay away from it. As a degenerate gambler myself, I'm well aware of those. You approve uh, those moments. But we yes, did have absolutely. Linus go. That Linus went down though in the second. Don't like that. Not. Uh, I haven't really seen much as far as an update goes, but somebody fell on the back of his leg first, and then Connor Clifton just came over the top and just walloped right on top of him. Like five-star I think they said upper body, but he was, like, feeling out his groin as he skated off the ice, too. Because I know we talked last week about just where the Swayman-Omark split is going to go through the end of the season, and I was saying how... Uh, from a psychological standpoint, not really being talked about that much, that it is it is a contract year for Jeremy Swayman. And if Jeremy Swayman gets to the point where maybe he feels like, whether it's because of injury or not, he has been overtaken by Linus Omark to the point where, like, if he stays, I am a backup. I am a backup if I stay here. Yeah. And he might just want to play. As good of friends they are, as good of a relationship that Jeremy Swayman has with the whole team. He might want to be a starting goaltender. He might want to be a starting goaltender. And he would be on half the teams in the league. And three of those teams, I'd say, are probably the Edmonton Oilers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Colorado Avalanche, who are probably, I'd say, perennial cup contenders, at least going into the season. Uh, And then the Oilers do the thing where they have no players except for two, and then they lose uh, more than half their games. But aside from that... It, it does sort of open the door to reverse course on that. Uh, on that, the the latest injury opens the door for maybe a different path to be taken this year. 
Um, because everyone, myself included, I want Jeremy Swayman to overtake Linus Olmark. But if he doesn't, I don't want the Bruins to force Swayman to get into the lineup more often than he should. Because obviously, if Olmark's playing as well as he has, played. right? And it goal number one is win the cup. Yeah, goal Bingo. number one is win the cup. Always. And you know, the locker room might could start to be like Monty. What, what are you doing? Like we love Sway, but like. Linus Olmark's a top three goaltender in the game right now. You can't be you can't be forcing a square hole into a round peg. hundred percent. But now that now the Linus injury, we'll see how much time he 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 misses. Sort of opens the door for Swayman to at least get it back to fifty fifty. And I also think that the one of the other things that that kind of bothers me, the only thing that bothers me really with this team, is that there's periods of time within these games where they just look sloppy they're slow they're not as aggressive it takes it's almost like it it's an engine that just needs like five minutes to actually rev up yeah you need to prime the engine like that the game against tampa bay the other night the first nine minutes of the game they were getting dominated Mm -hmm. it was the shots was nine nothing in the first nine minutes tampa bay looked like they had the bruins on their back heels and i was like oh this is gonna get ugly tampa bay scores the first goal and then the bruins come back and score five unanswered like it's it's this weird, weird thing where they're just like, okay, now we're going to turn it on. And, yeah. and it, that's the one thing that scares me because if they end up getting in a situation where, okay, let's turn it on, but it's a little too late, then you're going to start to see like, oh, God, I regret that. Like we need to they, – they need to start playing full 60-minute games sometimes and not necessarily uh, coasting for for lengthy periods uh, within the game. It is good, though, that they start out this uh, this little run here of you – have, you have the seven games, uh, the seven-game run that they have just completed the third game of where you have the yep. Lightning a lot. You have the Hurricanes. You have the Panthers. They're going to have uh, the Lightning again next week. You're going to have the Avalanche They're twice have and the, the Avalanche Knights twice. And the Knights twice. And I think there's a break where they get the Coyotes once. So yes. they have seven games, then the Coyotes, a bunch of more hard games, then the Blue Jackets. And then through New Year's, they have like the Devils twice who are – uh, I think they have the second or third best record in the league right now. So it's, I mean, it's after it, it wasn't looking good at one and one after that uh, after that Panthers game. There was maybe a little bit to be alarmed about, but um, the comeback against the Hurricanes is obviously notable, and we will see where they go from here. And the beauty of this offense, they're never going to be an out, out of a game, even if it's two or three goal lead. The, if there's time on the clock, the Bruins will still have a chance. Thanks so much for tuning in this morning to the WEI Producer Show right here on Boston Sports Original. Keep it locked right here as Ken and Curtis are up next. And make sure to tune in to NFL uh, WEI NFL Sunday with Gresh, Keefe, and Wiggy tomorrow from 10 to 1. Uh, that was John Anderson. I'm Chris Schein. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch yep. you next Saturday. See ya. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.